Hi, this is Rabbi Chaim Mintz. Welcome to the eighth podcast of The Mensch, where each week we discuss different issues, hoping that you will make the right choices because it's most important that we all live like a mensch. Last week we were discussing about paying tuition for kids that will be going to college this year, but not going to college, they're going to be staying at home. And one of the questions that came up was by my producer, Rhiannon, why are we paying so much in tuition? How come it's going up every single, almost every year it's just going up? In fact, did you know that college tuition has more than doubled since 1980? That means whatever we're paying in 1980, more than doubled. What is making the high cost of colleges to go up? So there's two or three things that we must understand. First and foremost is cost of living has gone up. Okay, we get that. But every single teacher, when they retire, they have a severance package. And a lot of them have to get their money. And you got to realize something. Some of these universities and colleges have people that have retired for 30, 40 years. So you got to help pay for their retirement. So that's a major factor. As more teachers retire, more money has to come from you. The other thing that a lot of people don't realize is, is that more people want to go to our colleges and universities, not only just from our country, but from all around the world. So we have to hire more teachers, and there's a bigger expense. If there's a bigger expense, that means tuition goes up. Do not forget, sometimes out-of-state people pay more tuition, less tuition. Each state has their own differences. If you're paying the tuition, you're making it up. But here's the key factor. The government will give you a loan to go to college. So if last year you only need, let's say 10 years ago, you only needed to borrow from the government $15,000, you borrowed $15,000, and after school, you paid off your student loan. All of a sudden, the colleges and universities started realizing, one minute, Rhiannon and Jack and all the other kids out there, they're going to the government for money? Let's make it. $25,000 because they know you want to come to us. What are you going to do? You're going to go and get the loan. They don't care. They don't care. They, they can ask for it. You want to get into them and you're willing to go and take the loan because the dream is that if I get a good education, I'll get a better job. Not always does it work that way. And a lot of people who have graduated college are starting to struggle. How am I going to make the $300 a month payment, $400 a month payment, or others $250? It depends how much you borrow. But to the college and the universities, they know one thing. You want to get in? You'll borrow. To them, it's no skin off their back because they have their money up front, and they know that you got a limitless bank called the government where to get the money from, which is kind of ironic. Do you know how many major places have annuities and, and, and major donations. And Harvard has an endowment of over $40 billion. Would it be $40 billion? That's a lot of money. They do give scholarships. I get it. $40 billion? Are you kidding me? And they're still asking you for a higher tuition, which is kind of funny now because a lot of kids can't go to university and they're going to be staying home. Yet, you're still going to have to pay the high, high price. 
they're not going to lower. Some places may, but most places will not lower their tuition, which comes to one of the biggest discussions going on today in the news and in, it's going to come up soon, in the presidential election. It did come up in the Democrat debates. And the question was, should we forgive student loans? And the Democrats were coming out very strong. Yes, we should forgive their loans. There's too much of a burden on these people. Yes, they borrow, but, you know, when we come into power, we'll forgive their loans. Well, the election hasn't happened, but there has to be a big stimulus package to help everybody to survive this pandemic. And both sides are trying to find a beautiful way to give us money. And do you know that right now there are proponents on both sides, one side saying, yes, forgive the loans, forgive, and the other side says not. Senator Elizabeth Warren proposed that student debt cancellation would help the economy. Not only that, a lot of the things that she thought about She's now trying to push into the stimulus package that is uh, being discussed right now, which may be signed in the next week or two. So let me give you both sides of the argument so you should make the right decision who you should follow. The opponents of the student debt say straight up, while the modest impact, let's say you owe $20,000, that $20,000 was really maybe $100, $200 a month. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's really not going to make a big impact to save the economy. We would rather give you another $1,200 per person, plus you're on unemployment. You're going to get $600 right now. That would be the greatest way to stimulate the economy. Plus, if each time we give you a loan, some pandemic or something may come up, and that's going to tell people, I can borrow whatever I want. Because down the road, the government will forgive me. So I'll take that chance. So some people may take more money than they need to pay for their dorm, to pay for this and pay for that. So the proponents say, not a good idea. On the other hand, there's a lot of people that want to go and say, oh, no, 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 no. This will help the economy. People knowing that they don't have to have a $20,000 debt on their head, all of a sudden that debt is wiped away. Just like that. All of a sudden your credit score goes up. If my credit score goes up, I can now go and buy other things. I can borrow on other things. I may buy a car, which will stimulate the economy. I may be able to buy a house instead of just renting. Both sides are right now trying to fight for what is right. Is it morally right? Or who cares about the moral? There's a situation. Just get this debt off. And let the and we will eat the one trillion, maybe two trillion dollars of student debt, which is all across the United States. But my dear friends, guess who's laughing all the way to the bank? And that is Harvard, that is Yale, and that is your colleges and university that you take a major student loans from. They know next year they can jack it up. Why? You're just gonna take more on the loan. And that's one of the main reasons why college tuition goes up. They can ask for it because they know you're going to borrow for it and you're willing to pay for it for the next 15, 20 years. I say, why don't a lot of people start doing community college? You don't pay as much in a community college as in some of these big places. And some of these community colleges have great classes 
that can totally prepare you for your future. Just something to think about to save a lot of money. But just know, you want to get into those big names? They know that you'll pay for it. And that is the reason why tuition has gone up. Because when you want to go to college, you're willing to borrow money and pay for 10, 20 years. And they know you'll do it. My dear friends, so I'm here to tell you, you need an education. Everybody needs an education. Make the right choice on how much you're going to borrow. It's going to hurt you down the road. Get that education. But don't go into debt beyond your means. God bless you. And let's make this country the smartest country in the world, but not through debt. Welcome back. I got to tell you something. I'm starting to watch a lot of people around me. They're having so many arguments and friendships are being destroyed. How are we supposed to? I mean, I love people having discussions. I mean, I'm a rabbi. I went to rabbinical school. We had Talmudical discussions, even major arguments like who's right, who's wrong. Our rabbis teach us that when you have discussions, usually they're like stones banging against each other or two pieces of metal. And let me explain what that means. Many times when people have a discussion and all of a sudden they start saying, I got my position and this is the way it is. I can't hear what you have to say. All of a sudden, the other person goes and starts talking. Let me talk. Let me talk. Can I talk? And then all of a sudden, the other person is not even listening. I'm trying to answer. And all of a sudden, the two of you get into such heated discussions that you're not going to convince me. I'm not going to convince you, but we keep on fighting. And this happens all the time. When you take rocks and you start banging them against each other, like two heads banging each other, sparks come out of those two rocks and sparks create a fire and that can destroy a friendship. Whereas when you have two pieces of metal and you start putting them together, what happens when you put metal together? Oh yeah, there could be sparks, but you know what? The rabbis tell us that every single time you have metal, you can sharpen a metal and the heat of the discussion can melt the two metals together and you can find harmony and you can find the solution that will be make both people happy. Let me give you an example. You know, the Democrats, the Republicans, they're at each other's throats, but nobody hears anybody. Nobody's getting smarter. They hate you. They hate you. Everybody's hating each other. But there's a wonderful story about when President Reagan became the president. He was a Republican. He had a Democrat leading Congress. His name was Tip O'Neill. Tip O'Neill had zero in common with Ronald Reagan and vice versa. I got to be honest with you. Ronald Reagan wanted a lot of programs. Tip O'Neill wanted a lot more programs. And they realized they were never going to work with each other. Tip O'Neill one day calls up the president and says, I want to meet with you tonight. The two of them came together, and they had a couple of drinks, and they had a couple of cigars. And there was a famous discussion. You know what they said? I don't agree with you. You don't agree with me. But there's one thing we both agree on. We love this country. Give me your idea. Let's hear it again. Ronald Reagan spoke his idea. 
Tip O'Neill says, let me tell you my idea. Each one of them said, I hear you loud and clear. I just don't agree. So then they started discussing between them, how could we make them both work? You see what happened was, I heard you, you heard me, and I was sharpening my position. You were sharpening your position. And in the heat of sharpening, the two melded together. And one of the greatest economic booms that the United States ever had. And people love President Reagan. Even the Democrats loved him. You know why? Because he didn't say it was my way or the highway. He didn't act like a rock. See, rocks, you bang them against each other. They don't melt together. They just crumble. Or one gets knocked out. Metal, on the other hand, the hotter the friction, it can melt together. My dear friends, this is what the rabbis were saying to us. If you act like rocks, you're going to destroy everything. If you're going to act, act like a knucklehead and you're not going to allow the other person's position to come in, it's like a rock between the ears. Nothing will get in. There will be no peace. And this country will go down in flames. Maybe it's time to act like the Talmudical scholars of all. This rabbi would say, this is my opinion. The other rabbi would say, this is my opinion. And then he'll go like this, okay, repeat it to me. And they had such love, even though they were diametrically opposite. When they came to a conclusion, both sides took hands. So that's the law. Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan, they knew that they were rocks. But they've decided to turn themselves into metal. They sharpened the ways and their ideas. And they said, okay, now that we both understand each other, let's work together. My dear friends, when you're on Facebook, when you're on Twitter, stop fighting. Stop being a rock. Stop being a bullhead. Be some metal. Sharpen your points. Let the person recognize what your point, but hear the other side. And in the heat of your discussion, try to say, how can we make this work together? If we, the Americans, work together, maybe our politicians will actually hear us because the solution will be somewhere in between the Democrats and the Republicans. And that, my dear friends, is when people are happy. Let's make the right choice and when we deal with people because our country needs you and me to be a mensch and set the example for all. God bless you, and let's have some civil conversation. Welcome back. This is one of my favorite parts of our podcast. Each and every one of us love this segment. Where my producers ask me questions about how does it work? Jack, please tell everybody how it works, and give me the first question. Hi, Rabbi. This is What Would a Mensch Do? These are quick bites asking topical questions from today's news. For the first question. Ellen DeGeneres was famous for ending every episode of her show with the phrase, be kind to one another. However, there have been recent allegations that that philosophy did not always apply to behind the scenes. How important is it to practice what you preach? And how do you practice what you preach on a day to day? Let me tell you something. That is the most important thing is. I know. Everybody, we look at these Hollywood stars, we look at these celebrities, and they make us feel good, and we get to know that. 
I got to tell you something. I'm a rabbi. The way I am in public is the way I'm behind the scenes. I got to tell you something. One person goes and says I treated them the wrong way with proof because I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I wouldn't. A religious person means not the way you are in public. A religious person is the way you are in private when no one sees. A good person is not the way you talk on TV. A good person is the way you talk to your secretary, to your wife, and to your children. You're not a good person when you can do it on TV. That's acting. A good person is when it doesn't count, when there's no paycheck. How do you treat your secretary? How do you treat the workers around you? You know, a funny thing happened today is that we're having a preschool um, calendar go out to tell everybody the days off that they're going to be taking off, like, you know, Martha Luther King's Day and Veterans Day. Then all of a sudden came Passover. So I looked at the teachers and I said to the teachers, you didn't give three days off before Passover that you should be able to take off because you as teachers have a home to prepare for Passover. You have to have off. And they went and said, but we didn't think that, you know, you would allow that because we're taking a whole week off of Passover. I said, excuse me, you're humans. I can't expect you to go work a whole day here at the preschool and then for a few hours make Passover. A good person is a person who's not in front of the camera only. But when nobody sees how you're dealing with your workers and your, par and your parents and your children and, and your wife, that's what God wants. That's a mensch. A mensch treats people all the time properly. You don't need a trophy for that. You just got to be a mensch. Mackenzie Scott, ex-wife of Jeff Bezos, just recently donated $1.7 billion to various charities. How important is it in Judaism when you accumulate wealth to give back? It's not just in Judaism. It's all, all humanity. You know, one of the things that if you read the Torah, it says about charity, it says God actually writes the words and give to me my portion. Now, obviously, God doesn't need money. You can't give it to him. What it means is my portion, when I give you $10,000, my portion is 1000 I want percent. What should you do with it? Find that homeless person. Find that animal shelter. Find that school. Find that synagogue. Give money to places helping others or that need help and that's how you become a partner with God in making his miracles in this world so when you go and say to me what is money and how important is it no the whole reason why you got that paycheck is because 10% God made sure you had to be his partner in this world to make this world good so it's not just for Jewish people it's for all humanity we all have to give constantly from ourselves to make this world a better place. Great question. I love it. I love it. I love it. Welcome back, everybody. You know, the other day, 
I was, um, I heard a story about a colleague of mine, what happened to him when he was in second grade. It is a hilarious story. You got to hear this. So his name is David and his friend, Benny came over to him and he said, David, David, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Let's not go outside for recess. He said, what do you mean? This is recess. I love playing football. He said, no, I need you, David. Please. He said, what do you need me for? I need you to go back in the classroom, and I need you for 20 minutes of recess right now. Just pray. I need you to pray. Help me pray. He says, what do you need me to pray for? He said, my mom just went this morning in to the hospital. He said, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's wrong with your mom? He said, nothing's wrong. She went in for labor. She's going to have a baby. So why do you need me to pray? He says, you know, I already have five sisters. I want you to pray to God that the baby should come out to be a boy. I'm nothing against girls, but I need one boy. So he says, okay, we'll pray. And they were praying and praying and praying. And all of a sudden I started praying. He said, oh God, give him a brother. Oh, he can have a brother. Oh, God can have a brother and a brother and a brother. After recess was over, the two of them hugged each other. And he was confident he was going to hear about a baby brother. Late in the afternoon, his father comes to school. And he comes into the second grade. And he walks in. And Benny looks at Dad. Tell me what happened. He says, yes, Mommy gave birth. And everybody in the class was waiting to hear. It was a boy, right? And he said, it was. It was a girl. And the whole place went, ah. And David went over to Benny. He says, I gave up football for this. Are you kidding me? So that's the story. But then he goes and says, many times we pray for things. And God knows better not to always listen to what we want. You know why? Because that little girl became my wife. If it would have been a boy, I wouldn't have married my wife. Beautiful story. Pray. But sometimes God says, you don't even know what you want. And I have a better idea for you. Listen, everybody, have a fantastic week. And always remember, make the right choices because you always have to be a match. God bless you all.